This is Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. Mitch LaFawn. Welcome to another episode of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. Uh, joining me on the phone from uh, Jane's Addiction, it is uh, Dave Navarro and from Billy Idol's band, Billy Morrison. But first and foremost, Don Jameson, formerly of That Metal Show. Bonjour, monsieur. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm honored to co-host with you this week. Uh, you know, I'm a fan. I'm a subscriber. I, you know, I gotta, I, you know, I gotta follow Alan Niven, which is not easy. Um, if you need me to speak in a British accent, you know, I'll give it my best shot. Might have to in, in that sort of Kiwi accent, and uh, and you know, as a as a, a big fan, I might have to send you a shirt and a Mitch pick, just because. Why not? Well, I love Mitch Merch. I just love the way it sounds. So, <laughs> Mitch if Merch. You send it, I'll wear it. Well, actually, in fact, I won't have to send it because you are going to be in town. So, before we get over to it, to Dave Navarro and Billy Morrison, which, by the way, that Billy Idol Brian Adams tour was the greatest thing I saw all summer. Um, but this will be the greatest thing I see this fall, right? You are on the road with Nashville Pussy. And I can actually say. Nashville pussy without getting uh, bleeped. So that's kind of cool. That's that. Uh, yeah, this is a hard one. Um, you know, I've been out opening for bands the last 10 years as a comedian, which, you know, is a, is a strange thing, but um, I have a lot of fun with it. And, I'm, you know, I'm always proud to tell my parents all the great bands that I open for. But, you know, this one I had to kind of ease them into it just for the name alone. I could imagine. But, all right, talk to me a little bit about that, because we're seeing this more and more. We're seeing Jim Brewer open for Metallica. We're seeing uh, David Garibaldi open for Kiss. We're seeing you. There seems to be this sort of new trend where it doesn't have to be band and band. We can do painter and band. We can do comedian band. We can do, I mean, I'm sure we have puppet show and, and magician and band coming up very soon. Um, yeah. Yeah, right. Just before Kiss, it's, you know, we have Sesame Street, but... Um, how does that work? You know, when it's band, band, you sort of go, okay, I'm going to hear five songs. And I'm going to hear, how does it work for you on this tour? Yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I'll just say in advance for people who come to see myself in Nashville Pussy, um, if you laugh, I'm a rock and roll comedian. If you don't laugh, I'm a painter. So we'll, we'll, we'll put it out there like, like that. But, um, in terms of the performance, you know what, man, I have the set kind of down from doing this you know it's pretty much sex drugs and rock and roll you know there's no political stuff you know i'm not talking about how cute the kids are you know how you know about my my puppies and my kittens it's it's all stuff that, that people recognize it's talking about all our favorite bands from black sabbath to molly crew to kiss to everybody um so we keep it in that vein and you know i think in terms of just the business in general it, it it's a great thing, not just because I'm involved, but I just think it keeps people interested, the hard rock and metal audience especially. It kind of it gives them a new flavor. It gives them something to kind of get excited about. You know, a lot of bands over tour and they go, oh, I don't, you know, they just came around. But maybe if you give it a different twist, people kind of go, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. All right, yeah, we know Don from that metal show or maybe from some other tours. But, yeah, there was... A point in, back in January where I was out with Pop Evil, Brewer was out with Metallica, and Larry the Cable Guy was out with Sticks. I mean, that's a party right there. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. That was a great one. Um, yeah, and, and I have to say, from my fan perspective, I kind of like it because if you go and there's sort of three or four bands and you don't like them, my tendency is either you show up late or you show up, but you're really not paying attention. With a comedian and the talking, uh, especially with you being from that metal show, 
I will absolutely go and listen and be like, oh yeah, okay. And so it's it's a different it's a different beast and it's a different attention span. So I'm I'm down for that. Now I'll remind the folks they start in Canada on September 25th in London, Ontario. Then we do Toronto, Montreal, Quebec, Ottawa, Winnipeg, Saskatoon, Edmonton, Victoria, all the way down to British Columbia uh, in the end of October. So it's, so you're doing a full sort of Canadian tour. You're not popping in and out. That, that's got to be sort of a thrill for you because, you know, the metal show, that metal show wasn't shown up here unless you lived on an Indian reserve and you had the, the direct TV, right, Jeremy? <clears throat> um, <laughs> but otherwise, it's, it's a great way to introduce you to, to all these different markets. Yeah. I've come, like I said, I've come through Canada before. The, the comedy audiences are always fantastic. Uh, and I'm not just saying that. It's true. I mean, I toured up there with Andrew Dice Clay several years ago. You know, I've been up there with bands before, playing up in Toronto at the Rock Pile and stuff. So always great experiences with the Canadian audience. But, yeah, I'm not a, a, as much a known quantity up, up there. So, I mean, basically what I'm saying is this whole tour, the success or failure of it, lies solely on your shoulders mitch lafon yeah and i and i and i bear the brunt but uh it, it's gonna be great so folks you know head over to google type in thing you'll find the dates uh, and a shout out for steve hogue at the at the rock pile there but uh petit cafe campus in montreal february not february september 27th and i will be there with jeremy which will be uh, which will be great but before we we we, we say goodbye let's just a couple of words of from uh, Billy Morrison and Dave uh, Navarro, they're doing this above-ground benefit for Music Cares, which is the Grammy um, or the Recording Academy uh, charity where, where money goes for mental health and helps, uh, you know, the riggers and, and, the, and the bus drivers and everybody involved in the music biz. Um, what do you think of that? And what, what do you think about what Dave and Billy are doing? Well, obviously, you know, Dave Navarro has always sort of been one of these guys who... Besides being very experimental and influential, music has o o always lent his name to different charities. Um, you know, he, he lost his mother at an early age and, and had to deal with that trauma. And, you know, so he's always sort of paid it forward. I know a lot of people go, oh, Dave Navarro, especially guys, you know, they think he's, you know, he's kind of douchey. But, you know, they're just jealous that he's had way more Hollywood A-list trim than they have. So um, I always... Doug, Dave, I've met him a few times, a uh, very cool dude. Um, so, yeah, anytime you do something artistic and it helps charity, it's, you know, that's a home run. Yeah, I'm totally down for that. And, of course, uh, they are going to be performing the entire Stooges debut album and uh, the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. So they're going to get all these different musicians here in L.A. on uh, September 16th, and they're going to bring in and they're going to do these two full classic albums, which... I think that's a cool idea, right? It's better than just some random jam, right? If they only had some good songs to play, Mitch, are you kidding me? The Stooges and David Bowie, I mean, I mean, there's not going to be uh, a dull moment in the whole night. There won't be a bad note the whole night. Um, I know they're playing at the Fonda Theater in L.A. where I just played uh, with Zach Sabbath. It's a great venue, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a star-studded night. Obviously, you know, they know everybody in the business. Everybody lives in L.A., so it's going to be a, a great party for a great cause. Yeah, it really will be, and, and just before we get there, uh, it's going to include Al Jorgensen, Billy Idol, Perry Farrell, Gavin Rossdale, Wayne Kramer of MC5, Billy Duffy of The Cult, and many more, so let us get over to Dave Navarro, 
and Billy Morrison. We are speaking with Dave Navarro and Billy Morrison. They are, of course, hosting the second annual Above Ground Concert Benefiting Music Cares. And you know what? I'm going to send this out. First of all, Billy, uh, bonjour, as we say in Montreal, and Dave, again, bonjour, as we say here. Um, I'm going to send this out to both of you because a lot of fans may not have heard of what is Music Care. So let's start with that. What, what exactly is Music Cares? Well, Music Cares is an organization that's been around for a long time, and uh, they are heavily associated with the Grammy Association. And what they do is they, pri- they provide treatment for musicians and uh, industry people, touring musicians, crew, anybody in our, in our field that is suffering from any kind of alcoholism, drug addiction, mental illness, what, whatever the case may be. And what they do is they provide immediate uh, support and treatment. And a lot of these guys, you know, especially if we're talking somebody, say, a lighting guy, on a tour that's having a rough time and you can't afford a, a hospital, these guys will pick up the tab for them and really just get them into the great place that they need to get some help. So they've been doing this for years and years and years. And Billy and I have both been involved with them uh, because they have done a lot for us. They've done a lot for our friends and we've lost a lot of friends as a result of these same things. So we can't think of a better time to do it. Yeah, and uh, Billy, let me get to you in a second, but I, I just want to quote this. Uh, the, the JAMA, the Journal of American Medical Association, on September 6, 2019, put out a report that said that from 1999 to 2016, suicide rates have jumped 41%. I mean, that is shocking. Uh, and it also went on to say that 453,000 people ages 25 to 64, committed suicide from 1996 to 2016. So half a million people. I mean, um, Billy, talk to me a little bit about about having to do this and raise awareness of mental health and suicide and, and just being part of this project. Well, I think those statistics speak for themselves. We are still fighting and. Uh, decades old stigma that you can't talk about. You can't use the word suicide or depression. You know, when I was a kid, if I'd have said to my parents, I feel depressed, they'd have said, throw him in the army or get a hobby or keep smiling. You'll feel better soon. And it's, it's that attitude is killing people. Obviously those statistics are crazy. And so even now with people like Katie Perry, Justin Bieber, and you know, Dave has been very vocal about his, trauma that he's gone through in his life and we're still fighting this crazy stigma that it's not something we can talk about so dave and i are attempting to use whatever voice we are grateful and lucky to have to try and say look it's okay to ask for help in this arena it really is and that whole mentality of hey the sun will come out tomorrow it's like well not always, and a forty-one percent. Well, no, you know that the problem. The problem for half of us who are feeling suicidal is that's the problem. The sun will come out tomorrow, and I know that I will feel the same. That is in itself part of the problem because it doesn't come out tomorrow. It doesn't there's no there's there's no circumstance that changes your emotional conditioning, treatment, care. 
I don't care if it's uh, therapy, if it's cognitive therapy, if it's psychiatry, if it's a psychologist, if it's inpatient, if it's outpatient, there's a million different places to go and a million different treatments, some with medication, some without. And certainly Billy and I are in no position to tell or suggest what method someone should take. I get direct messaged all the time with, from people saying, what should I do? What should I do? I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that. And I say, respectfully, I'm not a doctor and I cannot diagnose you and, and you know, suggest anything for you over, over direct message. But there are a number of places, Suicide Prevention Center is 24 hours a day crisis line open to anybody and uh i would say that as billy said the real strength is reaching out for help because there's so much there's so much shame attached to a lot of uh mental illnesses that a lot of people are very afraid to ask for help because they're they're afraid of judgment they're afraid of abandonment they're afraid of all kinds of ramifications that could come uh, as a result of coming clean. But the fact of the matter is that when that's when the people who care about you the most rally around you the most and show you the most love. So that's essentially the in, exact thing to do. And, you know, yeah. look, the, the truth of the matter, Mitch, is, is really all we can do uh, is encourage people to ask for help. Like Dave said, there are a million different avenues and resources, uh, but it starts with the... It starts with the request for help, and obviously this is a this is a worldwide issue because every rock star and business that uh, are involved in this gig, from Golden Voice and PRG and Center Staging, through to groups of lawyers that we've got donating money and time and resources, through to the musicians that are doing the gig, all are saying, "Of course we will help." And what they're helping us do is just—it's simple. If you look at this gig, it's cool. It's okay. You can ask for help, and you will get that help. These days, you will get that help. But we have to let people know it's okay to, to ask for help. Yeah, I agree. Now, this is the second annual one. So talk to me sort of about your, your vision for it in the future. Is it something that you want to sort of keep doing on the West Coast once a year? Do you want to expand to having one in Japan and one in London and one on, in New York or how do you sort of see this moving forward? And do you want to stay involved all the time? Or at some point you say, all right, I'm going to hand the reins over to whoever, you know, Gene Simmons or Paul. Well, you know. that, yeah, that's an interesting idea. Well, above ground is the organization that Billy and I started. So above ground is always going to be our baby. But in terms of turning the reins over, of course we would, we see future events that we may not be, actually playing in but there would be other bands doing it and ideally the concepts down the line that we would love to make this thing bigger and and bring it to say like the greek theater say have five bands each band doing a different record they love have the queens of the stone age do zeppelin four have radiohead do a pink floyd record have whatever it is you know what i mean and i think if we did kind of a festival the amount of awareness and people and funds that we could reach would be unlike anything we've seen. And I think more so it would put the subject of mental awareness right in the forefront of the people who need it the most, which are the kids, which are the people out in the audience. And they're the ones that need to know that 
not only is it okay to be struggling with mental illness, but you're a fucking hero if you're making it. If you're living another day, you're a fucking warrior. And I stand up for you. I've been through it. I know how hard it is. And um, we got you. And come, come hang out with us because you're going to be a room full of people who speak your language, who've been where you've been, who understand how you feel without even saying a word. And we're all here to experience the gifts of music in this format. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. So that's what we would love to see happen. Mitch, if you can yes. imagine this, you were asking us about taking it bigger. Um, in two years, it's gone from a really random conversation that Dave and I had about, you know what we should do, we should, yeah, whatever. So I have no problem in dreaming big. And if you can imagine a worldwide live aid every year, donating. I'd love to see every, it. Donating. Every, well, the thing is, we donate every single penny. It, live aid was fantastic. And oh, the aid thing is what the world needs. Dave and I, there's no reason why we can't spearhead a movement that creates that kind of funding every single year and really spread this message. So that, that I think our ultimate vision is, is to just be, you know, trying to create that kind of thing, an annual live aid for mental health. I mean, nothing, it doesn't get better than that. And also, if I might add, a live aid for mental health, and I would hate, I would hate to say the word aid, obviously, it would still be above ground. It wouldn't be above ground aid, just to make that clear. But um, the, the beautiful thing is, like I was touching on before, is what better arena for the youth in this country or wherever we're playing to know that it's okay to feel like an outsider, to know it's feel okay, you know it's okay to feel like you don't belong, like you're uncomfortable, like you're out of place, like no one understands. And we put on a massive show that speaks to their aesthetic that's saying, hey man, we're all in this with you. I can't think of a more empowering gathering. Oh, I agree. And, and I want to talk about the gathering and what the musicians are doing, but I, I will just add this. In April, my co-host on the show, Alan Niven, who used to manage Guns N' Roses, he attempted suicide. He took a whole bunch of pills and alcohol, and so it has been a conversation that has been very, very in the forefront of the show and in my personal life. So what you guys are doing is is just... Um, it's just, it's just, I don't know, heroic. I, I can't think of a word, but it, it's, it's so well done, and and that's, you know, I thank you that's for a good it. Word. Dave, Dave likes the word heroic. No, you, you can go, you can go with heroic. That's, that's, that'll, that'll do. But Mitch, here's the thing: it is. you just mentioned that you just mentioned Alan Niven. There is absolutely no reason why this can't be real if people in the industry, the business side, get behind us. On this show, we have PRG. Uh, who are a lighting and, uh, uh, you know, like show production company. We have Center Staging, which is a rehearsal company. We have management companies, law companies, all coming together to help us put this event on in L.A. What is to stop the bigger cats in the business? The people, I'm not going to name names, but there are people who can click one finger and make this a reality on a global scale every year. So, you know, you're right, Alan. Yeah, that happened, and uh, that just goes to show it. This is not just the rock star in front of the stage. This is every person on the planet has been affected by depression or suicide, if not them, their family, their friends, their peers, their neighbors. This is a big thing. Do you want to hear something, yeah. actually, that I don't think I've ever told anybody? Yes, go ahead. Maybe. Please. A couple, of years ago, a couple of years ago, I was teetering on the edge of suicide. I'd written a note. I'd had a stockpile of 
pills. I was ready to take the plunge. I, I put my affairs in order and I, I kind of, uh, you know, made, made sure that my wow. belongings were distributed the way I wanted and I was ready to go. And by a miracle, you know, I reached out to another person and I, and I, I, I did manage to pull through that, that dark time. But I'll tell you the thing about above ground is putting my energy into this is a massive factor in saving my own life. Well, I, I would suggest that it's given you purpose. Not to say that being in Jane's addiction ah. and all the other stuff wasn't purpose, but it's given you purpose. It, it, well, see, that's that's purpose and a fulfillment level. Jane's addiction and the arts that that we all have, are known for is definitely fulfillment on a person, personal, creative, uh, emotional level for sure. That's our art. That's who we are. But the difference with this event that I found is that we have so many people coming together for the same reason and no ego is in the room. Nobody is worried about what they're getting paid. Nobody is worried about who's going on first, who's going on last, what's the capacity, what's this, what's that. It's all good vibes. And if you take, if we take ourselves out of it, like as musicians, I think that Billy and I have learned valuable lessons just from last year in terms of like, this is what it's about. It's about being part of the collective that's doing something that's a greater good. It's not being the one that stands out among the collective. It's about being the one within the collective doing the same amount of work as everybody else. When we do this, it doesn't matter if you're Billy Idol. It doesn't matter if you're Dave Navarro or if you're Eric Aldinas, our drummer, or Paul Trudeau, our keyboard player. We're all pulling together. We're all showing up at the same time, same hours for the same reason. And the fact of the matter is, I can't think of one show that has been more free of industry yuckiness in my life. Right. Or, or as we like to call it, industry bullshit, because I, I, I live through it sometimes. It's nonsense. And yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, you, you can go with bullshit. I, uh, I, I believe they might be synonymous. But, but uh, yeah, it, it, industry bullshit. There was none of that. And so for us, it was like that was the gift that I got last year that I didn't expect. I think Billy, too, is that we were like, wow, I didn't think about my own problems once that whole week. We were too busy making sure everything was good, putting out fires, learning songs. And then the other beautiful gift, Mitch, is this: if you want to take the whole catalog and the artistry and the musicians and the even the even the cause out of the out of the game what happens is you've got a couple of guys that love these great records that get a chance to pull them apart learn them play them in their entirety probably like we always dreamed of when we were kids and it's nothing but fucking fun at the end of the day we get up there and it's a dreamland we look at each other and we're like, wow, we're playing the Velvet Underground album. We're playing Ziggy Stardust in its entirety. And that it's just because we love the music and we're so connected to the music, yet we didn't write the music. We have no ego with the music. And therefore, it just becomes a great fun celebration. It really does. And so let, let's let's turn it to the celebration part and talk about the, the, the bands that you're covering, Stooges and the David Bowie and... Uh, I'll say this first, just before we get into that. Billy, I just want to say one thing. I saw two Brian Adams Billy Idol shows this year. 
they were the best things I've seen all summer. They were just absolutely terrific. And out in Syracuse, we brought you uh, cheesecake, if you remember. So we had a chance to meet. And uh, just thank you for that. But let's yeah, get... Yeah, my belly is still remembering that cheesecake, Mitch. <laughs> apparently, apparently, you didn't go see the, uh, the new production of Cats, which is out in Broadway. And uh, probably the best show... It's probably going to be the best show of 2008. The best show, yeah. Well, hey, listen, I did. Uh, and anyway, but uh, I just wanted to say that I love those two shows. But okay, let's let, let's get back to this here. The, the Stooges. Come on, Cats, bro. Cats okay. is great. I did go see Pretty Woman because Jim Valance was doing it in, in Broadway, and that was great. But uh, no, let's get back uh, to this. Uh, you're, you're doing the Stooges album in full, right? Um, it's right. been it's been 50 years. Uh, that came out in uh, August of 69, so we're celebrating 50 years. Talk to me just first of That's all. Right. Billy, Billy actually tells me about the day he bought that in the store when it came out. <laughs> As a teenager. No. Um, yeah, I can't imagine what that, must have been, <laughs> that time must have been like for him. Yeah, saving up the $7 and going down to the uh, uh, Sunset uh, Towers. No, uh, we, were, we, were, we were both like three when that record came out. <laughs> but it's, it has changed our lives. Uh, I, was al- I was officially 11 months old at that time. Um, but, but talk to me about the Stooges album. And so how, how do you choose which album you're going to do? I mean, how, how are we doing... The Stooges' first album instead of, you know, Aerosmith's first album. Who, who, what, where, when does, do we go into picking these albums and, and playing them in full? Because you're not just doing the greatest hits, you're doing the album. Talk to me about that. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a decision that had we thought about it longer than 45 seconds, we probably would have picked different albums because, no. because Ziggy Stardust is one of the most challenging musically and creatively albums. There's a reason that Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars is not being played in its entirety every year (laughs) around the world because it's a really hard album. And, you know, what goes into that choice, Mitch, is, look, we must have have had 50 conversations and there are a million bands that we, me and Dave both agree on. But you're right. The idea is to play the album in its entirety. Weird tracks, bad tracks and all, you know? And really, I think that the the main criteria for these two was that both these albums shaped Dave and I as players. Certainly Mick Ronson's tone has almost everything to do with the tone that I have as a guitar player. And, uh, you know, the conversation is backwards and forwards until we go, you know what, that's a great idea. And we just ended up with the Stooges and, Last year, we did The Velvet Underground with Nico. Uh, obviously, John Cale was in that band. John Cale produced the Stooges album, and then you complete the trilogy with Bowie because of the whole Bowie, Iggy, Lou Reed thing. It just made sense. Can I, can I speak to that, Mitch? Absolutely, also, you can speak to that. I've got all, yeah, all also, also, I think that we pick records intentionally that aren't polished, polished, that aren't perfect. If you think about the Stooges record, it's all angst. If you think about the Velvet record, it's really kind of dissonant and a lot of odd tunings and a lot of strange parts and a lot of art music that's frankly hard for an audience to swallow, but we do it anyway. So I think that we not only pick records that have a, a little bit of experimentation on them, but we pick them, pick the ones that are going to be challenging for us to do uh, do, do honor to, you know what I mean? So we want to stick to the production on Iggy 
rise and fall on Iggy Stardust and uh, of Ziggy Stardust, right? We want to stay close to the production of the Velvet record we did. We want to be stay close to the production of of the uh, of the Iggy record. And right. so, if you think about it, we we have to re acclimate our gear, our sounds, our tones, and that process becomes a lot of fun for us too. And it also, I, I think, it must have a, a creative challenge because back then. It wasn't Pro Tool to death, and it wasn't auto-tuned to death, so there's a lot of weird time signatures and weird things going on, and, and you sort of got to learn to play it wrong, if I, right? if that makes sense. Mitch, so, as, as we are speaking, when these phoners that we're doing right now are finished, we're sitting in my recording studio in my house where we are about to pick apart those albums for the 58th time and figure out that he actually plays a harmonic on the second bar of that beat, it's crazy the depth that Dave and I have gone to. I don't, you know, we don't want this to be a, a jam at the Viper Room. This is about paying tribute to iconic records, and the only way you pay tribute to something is make it sound like it should. So we've gone above and beyond in that respect. You, you have now. I know we've only had twenty minutes, and, and we've reached that. So, so thank you for that. And and I'll finish with this. Do you see yourself down the road? Uh, doing sort of a, a an album show like this of something that you've played on, a, a Jane Addiction album or a Billy Idol album or, or something like that? Or do you want to keep it to picking these timeless classics and just bringing those that fans can never see? Yeah, well, the concept is that no artist is doing his own material. So, no, we probably wouldn't do a Jane's Addiction record ever or a Billy Idol record, but... Um, we might have members of Jane's Addiction and Billy Idol do records that we all love. Yeah, so that's great. Actually, you just, Mitch, you've just given me a great idea. One of the concepts, if, if, Dave and I, if our concept of turning this into a, an annual festival takes shape, um, what, something I would like to see is Jane's Addiction play with Dave and they pick an album that they want to cover for the charity and then I'll get Idol and Idol will pick an album, you know, and... Uh, that, yeah, if that's what you meant, then yes. But yeah. not play a James Addiction album or a Billy Idol album, no. Oh, see, that's great. And that would be great. And uh, gentlemen, thank you. An absolute pleasure. And and when you look at what the uh, American uh, Medical Association put out, where 41% jump from 1999 to now, you, you we need more of what you're doing. So uh, I'm going to go back to that word well, I use. It's heroic. And so thank listen, you for that. Listen, thank, thank you so much. And I listen, I'm no doctor. I am no scientist. I am no. I can just tell you that since the advent of interactivity, man, we've seen a spike in these numbers, and that's a whole other conversation. If you ever want to talk about that, but I do. Call I, me I, back. <laughs> I really, I really, do, I really do feel that there's a, a, a massive problem in the social media world that's making people feel uh, isolated and less than and and bullied. So I think that. There's, there could be a parallel there, but that's just me making a random uh, theory. Observation. Maybe we can talk about it. Absolutely. Hi, buddy. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you. We did. Thank you. Cheers. Bye-bye now. You're listening to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFond. Rock Talk. 